0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Elevate Coaching Podcast. Today I am joined by Helen, who is a multi-award winning businesswoman who has a passion for helping others succeed. Today we're going to talk a little bit about Helen's journey because her entrepreneurial spirit started from quite a young age, from taking the reins of her family business to build in a very successful business flying tiger with a turnover of over six million pounds and over 200 staff by the time she exited. Helen has been in the game for the last 25 years and I'm excited to have this episode with Helen today because no matter what stage of business you're at I know you're going to be able to take some value away from it and I have had the privilege of meeting Helen several times this year now, listening to her talk. So, yeah, I just know this is going to be a fab episode. And before we press record, it (laughs) sounds like it's been one of those mornings, Helen. (laughs) Talk to us about the realities.
1: Lovely. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for inviting me here. Yes. So we were talking about the reality of life and business and all that intro sounds amazing, right? It sounds, you know, great. Big business, loads of money, loads of staff, which obviously has its challenges anyway. But actually the reality of life and running a business is like far from what you often see on the fluffy side of social media. So let me just give you an example of of my life this morning. So um, I've got a little bit of a cold, so that's a great start. But my husband has got COVID at the moment Brilliant! Oh no. I know, right? So when Laura asked me to be a guest on this podcast, I was like, "Yeah, nine thirty is great because I can get myself sorted, get myself, you know, settled." Great. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> so at the moment, we have recently moved from Cardiff and we have moved to Swansea, which is an hour away. People don't know the Welsh side of the world; it's only an hour away. But our house is not ready, so we are currently living with my husband's nan. Okay, so that in itself is a challenge, right? So (laughs) all of our stuff is in storage. I've got three and a half year old twins who are just a little bit mental at the moment. They're young, they're a little bit mental. And um, I am working out of my father-in-law's house this morning, which is normally about a 15 minute drive from dropping the schools to nursery. It's taken me 45 minutes this morning to get here. So I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, when on what day are we today? Thursday. On Tuesday, I said to my husband, right, Can you take the girls to nursery so I can just get to where I need to be and get myself sorted? And he's like, Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And then literally the next day, he's like, I'm not feeling great. I was like, Brilliant, it's great. Got COVID, you know, trying to stay away. I know the rules are relaxed now, but still trying to mm. stay away from people. Um, of course, we live with his nan who's 84, so it was a bit of vulnerability there as well. So, you know, it was all on me again this morning. So I'm running around. The girls decided to to sleep in this morning. They never sleep in, like ever. <laughs> so it's just been a oh, just one of those mornings, right? And I got to my my desk in my father in law's house at I think it was two minutes past nine. I was like, right, oh, it's okay. You. I know, but not that it, you know. I know you. You're pretty relaxed about stuff, and you know you're you're like, don't yeah. worry. But in my head, I'm like, right. I just don't feel quite settled yet. <laughs> so anyway, that's life, right? That's life, especially if you're fortunate to have a family and um. And for those that don't know me, I've had a long battle to get these skills, so I'm very grateful. But still, you know, it's a challenge.
0: It's a challenge. Mm. So yeah. yeah, that's my morning. And I think. I think that. <laughs> and I think that just sets the tone for this whole entrepreneurial journey, running a business, trying to have a life, trying to have a family. Really,
1: <laughs> it does, right? It really does.
0: Yeah. This is. I, I'm not one for saying um, there's
1: challenges. I love the words opportunities. So we turn all the challenges into opportunities, but sometimes there are bloody challenges that just set you up, right? Yeah. And how you deal with them is is a massive part of how you can continue to grow and develop as yourself and in your business. Mm. So yes, mm. there we go.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I also I also think like the challenges are a little bit like, I was speaking to my clients about this, they're like an initiation Mm. to get to that next level like you've got to overcome that hurdle to earn the right for that next level that you're trying to reach because if you're not overcoming things you're not talking from experience yeah very very
1: true you don't
0: you don't have that credibility so it's exciting although it can be incredibly frustrating and that imposter syndrome and that inner Mm. critic could get really really loud in those moments um and I know you said there about using the words that we use sort of t- taking that from challenge to opportunity and I know you actually have your NLP practitioner qualification as well mm, I and, do. and I'm getting a little bit ahead of I'm getting <laughs> a little bit ahead of where I really wanted to start today but I want to come on to the mindset side of things and really how you ended up going into that side uh, like the mindset side of coaching as well mm. Um before we do let's start at the beginning let's bring everyone up to speed because (laughs) i know your story but everyone listening might be a little bit confused if i jump the gun (laughs) so take us back to your earliest memory that you have in business
1: oh gosh okay god we are taking it back so um it was about the age um, and i can never quite remember the age but i want to say about seven between seven and nine roughly um my parents very working class um had greengrocers in uh, market. So, Cardiff Central Market, that's where I grew up, being around the hustle and bustle of the market stall. And my dad used to get me up um, anywhere between five and half past five on a Saturday morning, and he'd take me down the wholesale market with him. And he'd sit me in the van. I was never allowed out. I had to sit in the van and be kind of, you know, out of the way. But he'd give me a um, a Ribena. I always remember the the cartons of Ribena. I don't even know if you can still get them, I'm sure. But the carton of Ribena, I sent sit me there. And I remember just looking out thinking, wow, this is like really busy, lots of banter, lots of chats, um, you know, lots of business talk as well that I didn't really understand. Um, but I remember just thinking, wow, this is amazing. And everyone was just talking, but seemed really happy as well. And it was... It was much later on then when I realized it was building that those rapports and building that um, relationships with with your customers and your clients that will like a hundred percent put you instead for your business, your career, your life because i I personally think anything to do with business is about building relationships, so that was probably my earliest memory, and then as sort of time went on. Um, I will not go into my story too much because we've obviously got, only got a short amount of time but I <laughs> um, I ended up working for them for quite some time up until I went to um, college and then I decided to go to university purely because I'd been to stay with my sister in her university and I just went out and basically got drunk and had a great time so I was like <laughs> well I'm obviously going to go to university and do that so I did, um, and I then worked for a year in London. Um, I worked for a company called Faith Shoes, and you may or may not know of Faith, but at the time, they were probably one of the biggest shoe companies in, in the UK at the time. They were a lovely, lovely family business, and I worked for them in London's Oxford Street, and then in their head office. Um, and then I, yeah, finished finished uni, what did I do then I went traveling for a bit I decided that I didn't want to go to work straight away so I went to live in Australia had some really really interesting jobs there which I don't think I'll talk about on this podcast because I don't really think the listeners <laughs> want to know about that maybe you can message me after and find out maybe I'll do a little cm on that <laughs> um, and then I came back from Australia living there for two years and I came back and Fell into the property sort of market um, worked my way around, got very well known in my local area in South Wales, um, but knew I was meant for more. I was like, you know, I, I love property. I've seen some absolute dives. I've seen some beautiful houses, had some brilliant relationships with um, clients, but I just kind of knew that I was meant for more. And I always wanted to get into coffee. My love for coffee shops. I think stemmed from that moment when I was sat in my dad's van watching everyone talking and and drinking. It was it was tea back then. Nobody really drank coffee like in the eighties that I remember and it was all cup of tea. <laughs> um coffee wasn't really a thing. So anyway, I got gazumped on three units that I just thought I'm not I'm not meant to open a coffee shop right now in my life. Um and an opportunity came to uh be a joint venture partner for the brand, as you mentioned, it was Tiger back then, Tiger Stores, and it rebranded to Flying Tiger Copenhagen. So for people that know that retail brand, um, I had the uh, venture for South Wales and Bristol. So we had nine stores across that region. Um, and it was the most amazing, the hardest, um, crazy five years of my life. In all honesty, mm. absolutely mental. Um, lots and lots of challenges, lots of opportunities, lots of learning. Um, some regrets, actually, as well. Some regrets, which I don't really like yeah. to have regrets. But, yeah, some regrets as well. Um, and then I kind what, of... What
0: were your regrets? Oh, what
1: were my regrets? <laughs> not listening. Yeah. yeah. So, for <laughs> me, one of the biggest things was not listening to myself not being honest with myself in decision making. Um, I had a business partner at the time who, we were very different people, both very passionate about the brand, very passionate about our business, but had different elements and different strands to what we were good at. And I think we've talked about this, Laurel, before, but I'm actually, you may not think it now, because i am I love talking, but I'm actually quite shy. And in that business, I was the one that took a step back. I, I guess I regret in a way not being true to myself and being me because actually I have got a lot to say and I've got a lot of knowledge. Um, so I think that was the, one of the regrets, but also not listening to our gut on staff as well. If any of you have have got teams or are thinking of having big teams um, listen to your your inner dialogue um, because actually sometimes it is saying the right things <laughs> a lot of the times it's not but sometimes it, it does say the right things Um so yeah taking on taking yeah. on poor staff and, and not not ending things a lot sooner um yeah mm. so I've kind of talked a lot there sorry just got on I've gone off on a tangent yeah, a bit no
0: I like it <laughs>
1: Does that answer your question on on where I've been, I guess?
0: Yeah, definitely. And like, just looping back to what you said at the moment about not being true to yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, that's something that I can resonate with, because, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will as well, um, Mm -hmm. from my own experience, I relate to that, because I've worked with business coaches in the past, who have wanted to sort of like pigeonhole me into a box that suited for them, okay, Um, and that was the same for everyone, so I wasn't being myself, and I know that that's where that feeling stemmed from, for me, but for you, what do you, yeah where do you think that not being true to yourself came from um do you know what probably childhood um, even though
1: I said my my mm-hmm. um you know my business sort of relationship with my family was great, there was lots of elements where things weren't so great, and like I said, I was very shy as a child, and i wouldn't
0: mm.
1: I would never speak up ever. And it's interesting now, I've just thought about it. When I said earlier about sitting in the van and being put mm. in the van just to watch, I was never kind of allowed to be part of that. Um it's, I think a lot of things, most things that we are um, stuck with, if there's fears um you mentioned it, imposter syndrome, all of these things often come Mm. from childhood experiences without realizing. Um, So I would say being true to myself has probably come from there, Um, which I'm fine with now, you know? Yeah, I know that's the thing, right? And I had a good childhood. It's like, you know, it it was up and down. Um, But yeah, you know, we're brought up with these um, beliefs and values that Mm -hmm. are not ours. But we think they're ours because that's what we've been told they are. Um, so I would say, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's probably come from there. Well, I know it has come from there. Um, but I've worked yeah. on myself quite a lot to now have my own values and my own beliefs. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. So that was going to be my next question. Then how okay. did you find your voice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This
1: is a great question, actually. And it's... um. I've been asked it a few times and it does, had you seen me do that big sigh then, that big breath? I was like, okay, where did it, where do I, where did I find it? Just
0: get ready for it. I know.
1: And it's it's not that big a deal. (laughs) It's really not. Um, But I I would say that I found, I really found my own voice when I sold my shares for um, Tiger. So when you're only talking Mm uh four years ago so four years ago coming up to five years this year actually um because it was like a kind of a big release and in that so after we sold my um my shares for that business i felt really bloody lost like completely lost it was like i'd lost my my business i'd lost my my family so my my team around me um we, uh, unfortunately, I, su- I was in the in the middle of suffering my second ectopic pregnancy. So there was a lot going on. It was a lot of kind of trauma from losing a business, losing um, part of my fertility. So it was just loads going on. And I just thought, right, hang on a sec, what is going on here? And I remember it was a really, really cold morning. Um, and I took myself off for a walk on the beach, which is where I... I often find my my kind of sanity because I love being outdoors. And I remember just sitting and just staring for about an hour and a half, just staring out of the sea. And I was like, right, what's going on, Hal? What's what's coming up for me? What, what can I do to really find my voice again? Um, and it wasn't like one of those cliche-like moments where it just kind of came. It just made me start to think of, Right. Okay. What's going on? What's gone wrong? What can I do to make things better? Um, fast forward a couple of months, I started to work with an amazing, amazing person called Andrea Callanan. And if you haven't heard of her, please look her up because she is the most authentic down to earth. Fantastic. She's a speaker coach, Forbes member. She's she's quite, she's quite high up in the world of stuff, but she's so, she's so normal. She's from... She's from Barry, So if anyone knows Barry, think of Gavin and Stacey. She's from that town. So she's, she is completely normal. And she just made me realise that I'm actually a, a wonderful person. I'm going to get a bit emotional. Mm. <laughs>
0: um, no, please do. I yeah, like
1: this emotion. is so weird that I see this is coming up for me now. Yeah. Um, but she just made me realise that I was meant for more. And do you remember I said earlier about when I was... Yeah leaving the property i can't really explain what Mm. what kind of happened um and the the other real realization was when my voice was um i was fortunate to have twins after a long fertility journey and um i was it was a week before lockdowns when the pandemic you know a lot going on pretty shit time for for everyone for all different reasons um, and I was massively suffering with postnatal. postnatal depression was a massive part of my life for just short of a year, in all honesty. And mm-hmm. I, I say I, I didn't. My very supportive husband, very lucky to be in a position where I had him. He enrolled me onto an NLP um, course, weekend course. And in my head, I was just thinking, amazing. I get a weekend away from... My twins, brilliant. I can get some sleep and I've just got some me time. So in my head, I wasn't actually thinking this was going to be that great. I was just like, yeah, brilliant. Just to get, a, um, you know, weekends away. And for those that are in the newborn stage, of fortunate to have children. You'll absolutely resonate with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that weekend, and I've done a podcast for Laura, my, my, coach, my trainer there, like, that weekend literally changed my life. And it got me realising that, that inner voice that'd been hidden for such a long time. Um, mm. and I've done i I've done a lot of work on that. So one of the the reasons that I continued on that journey as well, not just for my own benefit, but I wanted to be the best that I could be as a coach, a mentor, whatever you want to bloody call it, you know, all these things that get thrown around. Mm-hmm. Um just support people. And I became a master practitioner, I became a, a hypnotherapist through it, you know, it cost me a lot of money. I didn't just buy a seven quid mm-hmm. course online. You know, it was, it was a lot of time and energy. Yeah. And yeah, all the stuff that I've learned from there and my experience, past experiences and my current experience have, have made me find my voice. Don't get me wrong though, right? There's still days that I'm still, I'm still down there. Like it's not all rosy all the bloody time, but there's lots of things that I've learned and developed that have put me... To where I am now and being confident just to come on and even speak to you, Laura, is is huge mm. because a lot of people think mm-hmm. that, you know, talking is, is something I I'm really good at. Well, actually, I'm not I'm just really passionate. <laughs> I'm really passionate about helping others. Yeah. So that's why I love love to talk.
0: Yeah, and, and you said something a moment ago about it not being like this whole like this sudden epiphany like in one yeah. moment. And I think that's the same for like lots of things. If I'm thinking about the work that I do with my clients and even the work mm-hmm. that I'm doing on myself, um mm. I wrote in my journal the other day actually, it was I can't remember exactly what it is and I haven't got my journal around me. Um but it's like these things just gradually improve your baseline. And then yeah. one day you're like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, this feels really good.
1: Yeah. And yeah. it's
0: small steps over time. And, and I think when we open like our awareness and we do one little thing that builds our confidence mm-hmm. and then that's like, ah. Oh, okay I can trust that voice because I don't know if you find this with your clients but Mm. from my own personal experience and and the work that I do it's really difficult to trust your voice when you don't know if your body is telling you the right signs particularly if Mm. we have been in really stressful environments and our nervous system is sort of out of whack is it anxiety is it our gut is this our you know true instincts and that's really hard to differentiate. Mm. Um, can you can completely
1: you relate to that? that? Absolutely, yeah, God, absolutely. Um, completely agree. And and what you said then about taking the small steps, you know, it's like, let's cross all these little marbles, okay? There's gonna be these little marbles, all these stepping stones. Or you think of like a hundred-meter sprint, right? And sometimes there's hurdles. Sometimes somebody wants to do the 110-meter hurdles, so there's things you've just got to jump over, and it's not always gonna be a straight line. Yeah. But you can just bash yeah. them out of the way, like to get there. Um, and I just think if if anybody says to you that, A, having a business or just being, you know, um, present in your life is easy. They're talking absolute crap because <laughs> there's always going to be, okay, opportunities I put in there rather than more challenge. But there's always going to yeah. be things that you're going to have to overcome. And that is not a bad thing. It's how you develop mm-hmm. from them and how you deal with those is, is, um, is where you're going to get the clarity on things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. So on that, mm-hmm. was there, I know you went to your NLP course that weekend and there was lots of little steps that, you know, took over time. Was there any tasks that you done that might, you know, we can maybe share with our listeners that would that would help, maybe just something small to start with if they're struggling with finding their voice.
1: Yeah, um, okay, what's what's gonna be the easiest one for somebody? Okay, this is actually not something that I've learned from LLP, but um, the one thing I would say with that is be present at all times, so, hmm, there's lots of things, but let me just think of the best one. Mm. Right, reframe. So I'm all about reframe. So our brain is incredible, right? It, it makes us live, obviously everything else in our body, but it makes us do the things that we want to do. So instead of saying, I can't do something, I want you to think of, um, I, A, I can't do it yet, or tell, it, tell our brain what we want it to hear. If we keep saying over and over again, I'm scared, I'm tired. I can't do something. I'm fearful. That is all that it's going to hear, and our unconscious mind, our subconscious mind, whatever we want to call it, is very clever. That's what it'll tell. That's what it'll take in, and what it'll um, what it'll believe. So, if you are, and obviously you have to be positive all the time because I'm not positive all the bloody time, but I am most of the time. If you keep telling yourself, "I can," so these are the things I can. I am and I will, so um, I can be a confident speaker or I can get the right support to make me believe that I'm better at something, whatever that is. Um, I am capable of speaking up, um, I will achieve what I set out to achieve by investing in myself so it's just all these these positive words Mm -hmm. rather than keep telling our brains that they're negative so our unconscious mind is brilliant so keep telling it what it wants to hear and what you really want to hear rather than what you don't want to hear so always reframe stuff
0: yeah. yeah, and honestly, like I will back that hundred percent. I think I it's know such you a will. Tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's something yeah. <laughs> I do. All of my clients yeah. and those that have been sort of like following me quite closely on my stories will know that over the last sort of four months, I've been mm-hmm. writing a future gratitude list, Amazing. and I write it as if all of the things that I want mm-hmm. to achieve have happened. Yes, and yes, yes, hey, yes. It's fucking yes. yes. spooky. How Is it happening? And how? Yeah. So, my first list has all happened. Amazing. My second list, I'm part of the way through. Yep, yep. And yep, I yep. Have had a moment this morning. Yeah, this morning I was writing my future gratitude list, and I thought, yeah. "Oh, I've done that one already. I don't need to write that one." Isn't it amazing
1: when that happens? Oh God, there's yeah. something that we um, yeah. that we could do in in NLP, and it's very similar to what you said. It's called goal setting, but it's goal setting in the future. Um, so it's it's mm. it's writing a a story as such as if your life has already happened and you're already there, and you're looking back. When you start, and um, when you when you started to write it, and it's incredible. I was talking to a client of mine the other day about um, visioning. Now, I'm not very like woo. I'm not like I don't believe that things just happen because they just do. I think you unconsciously take steps to make things manifest. Okay, so
0: hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Okay.
1: 100%. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, but actually, I've got one of my clients who's. Um, just to do a simple vision board, right? I was like, have you ever done a visual?" board? I'm very visual, so I like to see things. Um, and she is as well, fortunately. So I was like, right, just do a simple vision board of all the things that you would love to have in your life um, that would make you happy, bring you joy, make you fulfilled, all of these things, and have it somewhere where you see it every single day. So it's in your vision. So like I said to you just now, your brain is seeing this. So it's seeing all the things that you want to achieve. Very similar to your gratitude journal, um, gratitude list. um, And you'll be surprised. And I opened mine the other day and I was like, oh, oh, okay. That's done. Right. Okay. I'll add something else to it. So it's, you know, it's it's amazing. The unconscious mind is bloody brilliant. I love it. Yeah.
0: It is. And I'm so in agreement with you there. We don't just close our eyes and then these things magically appear we're reprogramming (laughs) i know we're reprogramming our brain to look for those opportunities Yeah. and we're creating neural pathways and that becomes so strong exactly and potent and necessary to do particularly if like when I'm working with a lot of clients they tend to not um not have self-belief that yeah. they're deserving of the change that they want mm-hmm. and they've been maybe having these unhelpful habits for 10 plus years yeah and yeah. it's uncomfortable to begin with it's not oh, easy yeah. and you're yeah. not going to do it once and then be like oh no. all these opportunities are here exactly it's something that you need to be persistent with and it's like there's not that euphoric moment it's that no. ah my baseline has improved, moment yes. suddenly. Yes.
1: Ah, oh, absolutely, and it's something like what is it? Takes like sixty-six days to create a habit, or something like that, isn't it? So you know, it's not going to happen straight yeah. away, but it's making sure that you're, um, you know, that you've got the right people around you as well, and that's one of the things I always talk about. And um, like I didn't, I didn't have that going back to when I had Tiger. Like I didn't have the right people mm. around me, and and now in my um, in my life now, my coaching world now, I make sure that everyone around me has got the good energy. Um, they're not vampires who are sucking my blood from me. You know, it's the right people. <laughs>
0: um, so, yeah, I yeah, I love I love the well, you're that you're on was, the same page. Was... <laughs> yeah. And that was something I wanted us to actually talk about today, because I do think particularly in business. I know most of my clients are business owners or um, they have a side business which they want to leave their full time employment. So I think a lot of our listeners will be either running a business already or on that transition period. Yeah. Um, and I know the thing that really um, exploded my own progress and and my own journey as not only really just a coach but as a business owner as well was having those connections, the right people mm. around me. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to ask you what role do you think those relationships and connections have played in your business and also in your personal development?
1: Oh, God, like how long have we got? Like so, so much. I cannot tell you um, having the right people. And, And also this, again, may be uncomfortable, but saying no to people that are not right for you and releasing those people out of your life. And that sometimes... Is harder than finding the right people because it could be like friends that are just not um, not supporting you or not getting you. And and who cares if they don't. Right. But just spend less and less time with those people around you. Um, But absolutely integral. So I'm meeting after this call today. I'm meeting um, my coach and one of my um, associate coaches who I work for every week. And without their support and without their honesty and that's something I really need I need honesty around me if people are like you know fluffing all this crap at me I just it doesn't sit with me I need people to be really candid it's it can be life changing and for me um personally if you if I would have been having this conversation with you like five years ago it would have been very different like I cannot tell you because yeah. I strongly believe that everything starts with you. So if you are yeah. not feeling the best, if you are, um, I don't know, feeling a bit rubbish, feeling a bit shit, what ripple effect is that going to have on not only you, your family, your friends, your business, your clients? It just makes a massive difference. So getting those right people around you um, and and as you grow, as you change and as you progress, those people are going to change as well. So don't feel like you have to still be with like a certain coach or a mentor or whoever that is, mm-hmm. um, because those needs are going to change. And and that's something that a lot of people, and I, and definitely me as well, didn't realise that I felt that I always needed to be around the same people. And actually you don't. You You will definitely yeah. change as you progress.
0: Yeah and I think that's something that I used to struggle with particularly like with friendships. Is I used to feel like I had yeah. to have the same friends otherwise like I was a yeah. failure and I'm not really friends with anyone that I went to school with anymore. I moved away at quite a young age. They all went to university. Yeah, they went to university. I went straight into work. Then I completely relocated to Wales. So like, you know, one of my best friends have been best friends with her since we were like 17, 18. Mm -hmm. I'm still in touch with some of the girls in my friendship group when I was in school. But Mm -hmm. I don't have best friends other than that one friend from like 15, 16 years ago now and I used to feel so insecure about that I used to feel like there's something wrong with me
1: yeah yeah
0: and honestly the the pain that caused me I had so much therapy around all of this as well Mm -hmm. but what I've actually come to realize and going back to what you mentioned earlier is like you felt like there was something different about you I knew that there's something different about me since I was really young and okay. I never had the support network, the environment to understand mm. what it was. I never had the opportunities for someone to go, let's channel this in the right way. Yeah. Laura, instead, I was yeah. a bit of a lone wolf. I had to survive on my own. I had to do all mm-hmm. of these things. So everything was survival for such a long time. Yeah. And God, my story is a long one as well. But those that know me for a little while will know obviously the domestic abuse the termination mm. of my pregnancy all of this trauma like this the mental mm-hmm. breakdown that i had mm-hmm. i just felt like i was i was the per- something was wrong with me because all yeah. these things kept happening but now yeah. i'm out the other side of all of that i'm like yeah. actually it's my strength and yeah. i'm able to connect with so many people on so many different levels yeah And I think that's something so exciting about myself. Like I love that I can walk into a room and make friends with everyone and anyone. And also I'm constantly changing. Yeah. That's okay. Because I'm constantly evolving and growing. That means I'm meeting more people which are either ahead of where I want to be or on a similar path to me. And that doesn't mean that those people we're leaving behind needs to be left behind in this awful breakup. Yes. And this yeah, this big catastrophe. Yeah. It just means you're just in a slightly it's... different part of your life now. God.
1: Oh god, That's like like listening to to me like <laughs> is exactly the same. Yeah. And really similar. Like I didn't have a lot of friends growing up nor on Steve, which was complete opposite to like say my sister who has got the biggest group circle of friends. I don't know how she keeps up with it. I couldn't be more different. I'm such a I am a bit of a loner, a bit like you, and that but that's all right. I, I I actually don't care. And so I mentioned earlier my, my my girls, my twins have um recently started um nursery and I'm in this what my phone, I'm in this WhatsApp group of about thirty-five mums and literally it is driving me insane. So sorry if anyone is ever listening from that nursery, they won't be. Um but it's it's a lot, and i I don't I don't want to be friends with you. Like I, I don't, I don't need you. It's hard. Don't. It's really tough. I, don't I know. Have the
0: energy. No, I
1: don't. <laughs> I don't. And that's you. that's so funny because so I've got um one of my best best friends from university. Actually, she lives in Norwich, so it's like a four and a half hour drive to see her. So we hardly ever see each other. It doesn't matter yeah. because when we do speak, it's like, we, you know, we spoke or saw each other yesterday. They're the kind of people that I want in my life. Um, and and yeah. last week, actually, uh, um, a, an original work colleague, she's now one of my loveliest friends, um, lives in Australia now. When she was home and I haven't seen her for three uh-huh. years and it was like, we saw each other yesterday. So I know I won't speak to her now for another yeah. six months, but that's all right. Um, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah,
1: really similar. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. and Like I for so long I used to think it was a weakness, it's but not. I actually just think it's, it's not at all. Not at all. It's, it's not. So and what, going back what you like,
1: oh, no, I was just going to say no, what on, what you find on. in Yeah. What you'll find in business as well is, um, especially mm-hmm. if you're, uh, so just when I was going back to Tiger, we had to get a lot of investment to start that business. Right. And nobody was interested. Yeah. Nobody wanted to give us any money. And then fast forward, 12 months when we were successful all these people started creeping back from the woodwork and I was like no (laughs) you didn't want to know me when I was starting out so you are going to get these people that will be very fake Um, and it's really important I would just say to um, find out what you can get from them rather than what they can get from you Mm. if you think you're going to benefit from something from them Having in conversations if you're not going to gain anything apart from you know having another person your connection don't waste your time don't waste your time
0: yeah it's something something i talk about quite a bit actually is and and i mean this in the most loving way but Mm. you never know what opportunity someone is is going to bring you absolutely and yeah. like, it's okay to make connections for that reason. I mean, that's why we're mm. all in business. That's why we yeah. attend networking events because we want to expand our yeah, network course. and we want yeah. to grow our reach. And and I think sometimes yeah. that might feel really uncomfortable or weird yeah. to some people, but it, it's just the it's, truth and that's what you have to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it is there. You're so right, Laura, because ultimately if you're not, um, promoting your business, talking about your business, what you do, what not just what you can do for others, you know, but getting the results, then you're just going to become a charity. And, that, you know,
0: yeah,
1: that's, that's okay if that's what you want to do. But actually, if you want to build a business or be successful and whatever success looks like to you, not what you think it should be, then you've got to start talking. You've got to start talking. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 100%. And you can do it with integrity. It doesn't need to be... Oh, yeah you know, a sleazy way, like I no. live in alignment through and through with my values and yeah. I make connections all of the time. I'm attending mm-hmm. networking events all of the time, doing all yeah. of the right things. Mm-hmm. doesn't make me weird or creepy or sleazy no. because it all comes down to your intention and your integrity with it as absolutely. well. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And your are authentic, you know, being authentic as well. Um, and you're going to go to places where They're not going to be right for you. And that's all right. You just go to the next one and you talk and, and, and you don't know when somebody may need you. Like you you mentioned it earlier. Mm -hmm. It's not always straight away and you can still build those relationships. You can still be there. And so, you know, some of my clients don't come back to me for a year. I've met them. And then like a year later, I'm sure it's the same with you. When, when they're ready, when they feel ready, that's when they'll, they'll come.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of my clients took her 18 months to, to finally take the leap and and wow. work with me. And yeah. it's the case for, for many of our cli- my clients. And I think probably what separates you and I from other coaches, and I know we're in different um, niches with different types of coaching capacities, but... Mm. It's not the uh, false sense, like you're not being sold, missold something. It's for you. You're not selling the promise of a 10K month. For me, I'm not <laughs> selling the promise of you're going to look like a bikini athlete. Um, yeah. <laughs> the work that we do is deeper. And yes. often I find that because the work is deeper, there's more resistance that's met it's in honest. the beginning stages. Yeah, And you can only get to that point of saying Yes when you're ready to say yes it's God. not an easy yes
1: no absolutely you're so right there um and that's the thing that right if you if you want to have an athlete's body that's in a bikini a bikini what am i trying to say bikini body like an athlete there we go you can and you can make 10k months if you want but i'm not going to give you that promise because you've got to do the work and you've got to do the steps as you yeah. as you know to get you there so it's not you can't but I'm not going to promise you that because it's not my life you've I can support you and yeah. coach you and guide you but if you know if you're not going to put the work in or or show up and and have that integrity with yourself then those results are not going to happen so yeah fairly um, aligned on that,
0: <laughs> is there any other like a fitness myth or not fitness is there any other business myths like the 10k months um, yeah. that really piss you off Oh,
1: God, like, you've got to have a massive social media following following to be successful. That's one that really, really, really pisses me off. Did you see my face change then? I was like, (laughs) "Mm." Like, I think, God, my, I think I've only got, I don't even know how many followers I've got like, my main platforms are Instagram and, and LinkedIn, but I think, I think I've only got about 700 people. I couldn't give a shit. I had seven. Like, can you imagine seven hundred people yeah. being in in one room with you and listening to you? Like that would be bloody amazing, right? So I just it does my head mm-hmm. in the fact that you've got to have hundreds of thousands of followers. Yes, there's opportunities that can come from it, and obviously you've got a bigger audience. Um, but but it doesn't matter. So that's one of the things that really gets on my tits. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's lots There's lots more. Um, yeah. The, the yeah. whole promise of you know 10k months and what what is it about the the, the 10k i've no idea where it comes from i've no bloody idea um you know if you are no, making 10, think... 10 grand a month brilliant if you're only making a grand brilliant it, it it doesn't matter it's what what success means for you isn't it i think it's really important
0: yeah and i think on the 10k months so like if i can be really candid here my goals mm. are far bigger than 10k months um don't If you're just earning 10k months, you're going to probably be paying half of that in tax and VAT. (laughs) So, is the 10k month... This is what makes me laugh when I see all of this advertised about 10k months. I'm like, once you reach, is it 75 or 80 grand, you've got like the VAT threshold. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you've got the VAT threshold, so then your income is slashed then you've exactly. got tax and you've got all of these other things on top of that to pay plus your accountant yeah. bill will go up because you're VAT yeah. registered exactly so it's like why are we striving for 10k you may as well strive for 6k and yeah not hit that exactly and not hit and that, more uh, yeah. money.
1: <laughs> that's and do you know what that's so true so i've had a conversation um with clients that is actually changing career and i do i do a lot of I do a lot of different people, right? I don't actually have one niche, which is not great, as they say. Anyway, she <laughs> was um, looking for a, a well-paid job. You know, she'd um, been made redundant. She's like, oh, I want to be earning sort of 80K. And I was like, right, okay, let's actually work this out. Because when you go over 60K, is it 60K these days? You've got to pay more, haven't you? you would got to the higher tax bracket, yeah. 40% more. So actually, if you're earning say fifty nine grand, you're probably going to be in a pretty much even place, and as to earning eighty k. She was like, "Oh right, I mean, if you, mm-hmm. okay, do the maths. You know, obviously do the maths. But there's not going to yeah. be much in it. So actually, if you're quite clever, you either really want to be earning just under that higher paying tax, or like a ridiculous amount more, so it doesn't make a difference. Not yeah. just like a little bit more. You know, you might as well go big. <laughs> Or, or go under it, you know. People just don't realise that yeah. the bloody, you know, the tax is a there's a pain in the backside, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it really is. exactly. Bloody exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Let's so, not let's so, not have a it conversation look about off. tax. It does
0: look- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but helen i'm so conscious of your time because i know you've Aww. got to shoot off this all in. I Um i feel yeah. like i could sit here and just talk to you I my yeah i've absolutely
1: yeah
0: i've loved this morning. It's been helpful and I'm, I'm, no i have yeah definitely and i want to make sure that our listeners can get in touch with you that they can find you so I know you've already said Instagram and LinkedIn, but yeah, have yeah. You, where can they find you? What resources, what things have you got that might help them um, with okay. their business?
1: Yeah, so and thanks so much for having me. I've loved it. And as you said, I could just talk for, for Wales or Britain, the world. Um, but I would say <laughs> just a bit of a tip, I guess. Just remember you're not alone in business. So where, wherever you are in your journey, remember there's amazing people like Laura. You know, there's lots of people that you will connect with, resonate with, and find the right person is really important. Um, So yeah, as I said, I'm on um, Instagram at Helen Corsi Cadmore and LinkedIn. Helen Corsi Cadmore, it's a bit of a long name. Sorry, my maiden name is Corsi and my married name is Cadmore. I wouldn't give it up. So it's a long one. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so if you need anything in regards to being productive in your day. So I only work two to three days a week and I'm super productive in that time. Um, I've got lots of free resources on time blocking, how to also not always be on socials, to um, have it as more of a shop window, lots of free resources on my website. And at the moment, I've got a lovely small community membership called Business Balance and Growth, which is my three pillars, really. So if you're in business, is the business right? What can you do to maintain your boundaries and your non-negotiables by having that balance? And if you want to grow, so what does growth look like to you? Is that um, money? Is that freedom? Is that professionally personally whatever that is so come over to our little community um yeah and that's it i'm i'm always hanging out in stories on instagram talking about my life and rubbish so yeah come come and find me
0: (laughs) excellent i'll make sure everything's linked in our show notes so people can find you really easily um, and thank you to all of our listeners as helen's thank already you. said she's always in her dm so please shoot helen a message shoot me a message we always want to hear your feedback your thoughts if anything yeah. resonated with you or maybe if you actually thought we were chatting shit about something at some point <laughs> i'm always open to hearing new opinions
1: <laughs> it is pretty much that's all business chat is about isn't it it's talking a load of shit Exactly. <laughs>
0: So many different ways you can do things as exactly. well isn't it it's about finding what resonates with you absolutely um, so yes yeah. it's an absolute pleasure helen oh, thank and you all thank of you our very listeners much. please make sure that you like subscribe rate share this podcast episode it means so much to me and all of our guests like helen because it just means that we can get the amazing word out that everyone has to share and we could just keep building this amazing community. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you.